0: Yo, what is going on? Welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I'm, of course, him, Murphy Wells. And if you don't know, you won't know. Today is a very, very special day. That's right. Today is officially my three years at first form. I haven't gotten fired yet. Woo! Yeah. 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 That's right. Thank you, man. That's right. my last thousand days well honestly i I did the math today and uh three years so 365 times three is 1095 so you know roughly 100 days extra credit but guys i made it three years three years so far um and this really isn't a day that most people celebrate but every day is a day worth celebrating as long as you're living your life right especially when you come from a background that I do and you actually find a job that can become a career that you like doing as much as I like doing what I do at first form. Now, again, I always have career aspirations. I want to do more uh, than what I'm currently doing. Again, it's just about getting there. Maybe that'll be four years from now or five years from now. And you know, the, the path to what some of those things are isn't even that clear yet. But considering I am in three years today, which is, if you're listening to this, it's probably gonna be like August 19th. Today is Thursday, August 18th. With it being three years, you know me at all. Those numbers, that, that number three <laughs> is pretty significant to me. So with that, I don't wanna talk about three things that I've learned because I've been telling you guys a lot about what I've learned from Andy and what I've learned from Cody and what I've learned from getting into fitness and what I've learned from, getting into trouble and getting out of trouble even more. So I was just wondering, guys, can we talk about three really significant stories from my three years at First Form? Would you guys like that? You would. All right, me too. That's awesome. So anyways, my three stories from working at First Form for the last three years. And so for this first story, we're going to go all the way back to Green Park. Remember, First Form HQ was not always 200,000 square foot building that we have now. It used to be just two little warehouses, two front office buildings, and about 100 really cool people. And so this was about maybe a month to six weeks of me working there. Remember, at this time, guys, I wasn't really sure if I was even going to stay. And I still kind of had aspirations of going to the Marines, which obviously didn't happen because here we are. And so... I was driving my old trapmobile, my old friggin ninety eight Honda or my old two thousand three Honda accord it, it was it was an awful piece of shit. One headlight was blacked out. One headlight wasn't. uh the passenger side mirror was knocked off. There was a big dent in the side of it. Like this thing was brutalized. The fact that I never got pulled over for that mirror, honestly, to this day still astounds me. And back in those days, we had this very long winding road we had to drive up to get from the main road, which is Union, to Green Park Industrial, all the way to the top of the hill, which was first form headquarters at the time. And so I was driving and it was a Wednesday. I remember it was a Wednesday because I was about to leave to go back to Springfield for homecoming, drive down on a Wednesday night, night before everything starts going crazy. Thursday, things are crazy. Friday, things are crazy. Saturday, things are crazy. And so I'm going to leave. Now, mind you guys, I've been at work since 5 a.m. I'm still really not used to the schedule. And so I'm driving. And as I'm driving, you guys ever notice, like you lift your hand for just a little bit of a second and your car just starts to adjust. Even one second makes a difference. Well, as I'm driving, probably doing about a good 30 and 30 miles an hour when in your car don't feel that fast. <laughs> 30 miles an hour right next to you when you're someone walking, feels pretty friggin' scary and fast. As I was driving, I noticed on my right-hand side, there was a guy walking. Guy probably about like 6'2", a little broader than me, wearing a black hoodie. And so I go to adjust my grip on the wheel, a little bit out of it, just tired more than anything. And as I do, the car doesn't really jerk, but it just slightly veers just a little bit in this person's direction. And so, as they go from being on the side of me walking to now being behind me, I can see them in my rear view mirror. And this guy looks pissed. He throws his hands up. He looks angry as fuck. And I noticed he was wearing a first form hoodie and a first form hat. And I noticed he had a very dark colored beard that had been shaved down to a little triangle point, kind of like mine is now. And at first I thought, oh no, that guy works at HQ. That guy is going to be pissed. And then one more second went by and I thought, oh no, that person is Andy and I'm going to get fucking fired. So even though I was going to Missouri State. I decided to come back to first form headquarters that same day, because, again, I don't think that anyone would think that I meant anything by it. And I didn't think anyone would know that it was me, quite honestly. Keep in mind, guys, I'm 26. I'd only lived back in St. Louis for about a little over a month. My head was very much still firmly placed up my ass. And so there was a canned food drive going on for one of the warehouse manager's kids schools, and I decided to come back with some canned goods. And as I walked in with the canned goods and I go to leave, someone comes up to me and says, dude, you almost hit Andy with your car. And guys, you could hear a pin drop. I got so quiet. You you would swear that I needed new pants after I heard that because I asked him, how did you know about that? He goes, he came in here about 20 minutes ago looking for you and I about died. Guys, like I I didn't really have any credibility to my name yet at first form. I really had done a whole lot of not shit at this point, like not shit, not shit. And I was so embarrassed at the fact that Andy was my role model as well as my employer And he came in here looking for me. So immediately I drove back down. I tried looking for him. The guys in the warehouse assured me that I still had a job, but I just wanted to make sure. And so I looked for Andy and I was going to essentially just get out, bow at his feet, pray for forgiveness. I didn't see him. So as soon as I got home, I sent him a DM and I was like, bro, I am so, so sorry. I would never try to joke with your safety. I would never try to endanger you. Like my hand slipped for a second when I was adjusting my grip. I apologize. I will be more careful. I'm like, all right, that's pretty sincere. That's 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 good stuff, Murph. You may have just saved yourself getting murdered. And so I waited for him to either yell at me or tell me to come to HQ and tell me I was fired Or send me some kind of DM back of some kind of response. Guys, I got left on red. I left on scene. And it was one of the most sinking feelings I had ever had. And so it was weird, but it was almost uncanny that for like the next eight weeks, I feel like I didn't see Andy like at all. September to pretty much November. I feel like I didn't really see this dude once. I was like, is he afraid? Like I'm trying to like take him out or something. <laughs> but no. And then a day in early November, I was doing a uh, no shave November stash. It's not the beard that I have now, but it was a dirty friggin' mustache that honestly showed people that I didn't even know how to grow facial hair. Or at least I had the biological ability to do it well. And so... The warehouse manager said, "Hey Murph, figure out whose car that is, and when you do, come find me. We got to move it. The trucks can't get by it. There was there was a car blocking one of our uh, truck spots." I was like, "Come on, it, boss." And so I figured out whose car it was. I went out to go talk to him, and the manager was sitting there talking with Andy. Guys, again, the smell in the air of the poop that was in my pants was rich. It was thick, and so I. With what audacity and gall and gumption and balls I had, I walked up to him and I was like, hey, man, we figured out whose car it is. It's Kev's. Want me to tell him to go move it? He goes, yeah, tell him to move it. I'm like, All right, cool. Take it easy, bro. What's up, Andy? Now, saying that, I was, again, I thought that I was about to get it. To which he actually responded, what's up, brother? Hey, dude, sweet fucking mustache. And I almost didn't know how to respond. I was like, is this a test? When's the part where you tell me where I'm fired? As it went on in my head? And so I begin walking back. I'm just like, thanks, man. And so Andy actually follows in behind me, a few feet back, I stop him. And I'm just like, hey, look, I also just formally, I know I sent you a DM, but when I was driving the other day, I really sincerely did not mean anything by that. I would never do anything that stupid at your expense. He goes, oh, dude, I know. I got your DM. Just, you know, be careful next time. we got a lot of people who walk around here, including me. So, you know, just hold better grip of your steering wheel. Keep both eyes open. I'm like, absolutely. And it was really, really cool. It was really cool. And as I opened the door for him so he can go in, he goes, just don't shave that fucking mustache. <laughs> or to which I responded, I won't. Now, eventually I didn't actually shave the mustache, but I did grow a very thick, full beard for me doing 75 hard that first time. And while that's really a significant moment for me, because I went from in 2017 and 18, really looking up to Andy to working for him in 2019 to not making the best first impression and almost hitting him with my car, just having a friendly, joking conversation with him. If it taught me anything, it's these two things. Number one, accept responsibility for your shit. People make mistakes. People make bad decisions. It's okay as long as you own up to it, as long as you take responsibility for it and you fix it. But number two, when you take responsibility, be prepared for anything to happen. And that includes something positive, like finding common ground with someone, laughing it off, them bringing it up later which i will get to in a minute so story number one of three from my three years at first form guys how i almost hit andy frisella with my car story number two 75 hard and the september third half marathon Right after Summer Smash 2021, which if you don't know, you won't know. Summer Smash is the biggest party of the summer on Earth, and it's fucking fire. No one throws a party like First Form. Fucking nobody. Right after that, I decided it was time for me to get my ass in gear. And I had done 75 hard the year before. Also the year before, I did phases one and two. They were great. But I just wanted to clean slate. There was really no way for me to do phase three at this point because it ends up starting 30 days leading up to the original day that you start 75 hard. And so I was like, whatever, I need to get my ass in gear. And so I started doing 75 hard. And I started mid-July, I believe it was. And so with this, you know, 75 hard, if you don't know, uh, is a mental toughness program by Andy. And with it, you do two workouts a day, separated by three hours. They're at least 45 minutes each. One has to be completely outdoors, uh, and like nothing above head, like nothing at all. I got to drink a gallon of water a day, stick to a strict, consistent diet and take a picture every single day. No junk food, no cheat meals, no substitutions, no compromises, no alcohol every day and 10 pages of personal development reading every day for 75 days. It's an awesome way to tune up your mental toughness, your discipline, your self-worth, your grit, your confidence. I am planning to do 75 hard again close to the end of this year, probably right after Thanksgiving, because I've done it two summers in a row, but it's been a long time since I've done it during the cold season, which is a lot harder for me to be outside. But I digress. I started doing 75 hard. And in about a week's time of me starting the program, we were about to hold our summer sprint for the My Transformation Starts Today Challenge, which we hold eight-week challenges four times a year, and this was the summer one. And Will Grumkey was up on stage uh, talking about it, to which Andy responded. By essentially taking control of the meeting and challenging everybody. His reason being was like, this is too milk toast for me, and he would quote, beat all us motherfuckers. End quote. Now, guys, I'm all for galvanizing. But the shit talking from Andy to everyone in the audience fired me up. Now you gotta remember, I was already on 75 Hard and I was doing pretty well with it. Like a little over a weekend, making steady progress. I had really big plans for what I wanted to do with it. And so he says, Whoever wants to sign up to compete against me, the person who beats me, which none of you fucking will, gets a prize. Okay. 130 people stood up, guys. 130. And so I trudged on my way through 75 hard. I kept my mouth shut. I didn't talk a lot every day, getting my tasks done and more. This was about the time I was really into MMA and jujitsu. And I was doing everything I could to push myself forward because, to be honest, I was getting more and more pissed off with how the world was working around me, specifically politics and our government. And around day 62, we'll just call it 60 for now, but right around that last 20% of 75 hard was the botched exit from Afghanistan by our government. I don't care if you like Joe Biden. I don't care if you like Donald Trump. I don't care who you blame for us being in Afghanistan. That was one of the most single embarrassing moments of my life as an American citizen to see how we left Afghanistan. And for the last year or so leading up to this point, my patriotism had really been in bloom, which growing up, young public school kid here in St. Louis, you don't get a whole lot of that. But since my patriotism had been in bloom, this moment connected me back to when I was in third grade and when 9-11 happened. It connected me back to essentially fifth through college all the time that we spent in occupying the Middle East. Regardless of your feelings on war, the way that we left Afghanistan is just simply embarrassing. And it made me sick. And what made me even more sick was the 13 service members that were killed in Kabul by a suicide bomber. On day 62, I decided that the next 13 days of 75 hard would be met with running. Honestly, it was more like 61 now that I mention it. And that on day 75, I would run a half marathon at 4.30 in the morning, carrying an American flag. And so on night 74, I went for my walk. I listened to Andy's episode of Real AF State of the MF Union. If you've never listened to it, it's one of my favorite episodes of Real AF that he has ever done. And I got ready to wake up at 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning to eat breakfast and get ready to go for this run. If you don't know, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. That number was significant because of the 13 service members that had been killed in the suicide bombing. And so, as I woke up and I started getting to HQ, it started to rain. Now, I have my reservations about keeping an American flag out in the rain. I almost didn't run with it, but I thought if I run this half marathon without an American flag in my hand, it's just another half marathon in the rain. Hold the fucking flag, because there are a bunch of people who will never get that opportunity again. And so on day 75 at 4.30 in the morning, I started running a half marathon in the rain by myself. That's not actually true, because I had a few people that were keeping up with me. Uh, And a guy actually, my friend, Mark Barnhill, uh, out in North Carolina, you're a hell of a dude guy, hell of a soldier, thank you for serving, I appreciate you, I love you, great friend too. He actually ran it with me out in North Carolina. He ran the exact same hours I did. And as I finished it, the sun began to rise, about about 6.30 in the morning. I took a picture in front of the First Form logo. I went home and I crashed. And at that point, when I woke up, it was my most engaged post, which made me feel fucking amazing. Because with all the division in our com- country, which I s- often fuel myself, I'm not going to downplay it. It was nice to see that on a post that was so pro-American, so many people actually we're just all on the same page about saying, fuck yes, I support this. Good job, America. This is good stuff right here. And it's not good job, America, as in how we left Afghanistan. It was good job, America, because we could still come together. I don't credit myself with that. I may have had a vehicle to bring me to everybody, but everyone who interacted with that post, everyone who shared that post, everyone who commented with an American flag, everyone who said something pro-patriotic to this day, almost a year later, I still appreciate you all so much. And day 75, the next day my pictures were due for Andy's challenge, to which I submitted them and I lost about 12 pounds. I started doing a fat adaptive, more ketogenic diet. I was running five miles a day for 13 days. I ran 13.1 miles. My diet was perfect. My water was perfect. My reading was perfect. My everything was perfect. It was the most lean I had ever been in my life. And I did it practically all on my fucking own. And with the results that were in, I actually ended up being featured on the First Form homepage. It was a really touching moment. And so about a little over a week later, we had a meeting to which Andy let us all know that he was still going to fuck everybody up in the challenge. To which his credit, he fucking did. Andy lost 21 pounds is I, I didn't know this human could lose 21 pounds like I thought he was lean as fuck before and like you know he's a pretty muscular guy like he's a pretty big built dude and so when he lost all this fat like which again I didn't know that was there like this dude does 75 hard year round he looked unbelievable now with that being said he made his case that he beat everybody and then he asked who thought they gave everything they could? Probably about 20 people out of the original 130 stood up. I was one of them. Guys, I gave everything. I gave up carbs. I am Italian. You know how much I fucking love pasta and potatoes? than you probably love anything. <laughs> and so Andy pulled out his phone. He goes, I need these seven people to come down, which... I will say all their names now because this is still one of the coolest moments of my entire life. Can I have Paula Charnello, Jeff and Taylor Frazier, Shane Lowry, Murphy Wells, and Austin Davis come down here? Erica Pence, I know you're not here right now, but you are one of the seven people who I thought gave everything you had. Now, let me clarify. You didn't beat me because no one fucking beats me again. got a pretty good track record of that but you gave everything you could and for that i think you deserve some recognition i think you deserve to be rewarded because you're all leaders he went down the line asking everyone why they worked so hard and why they gave as much as they did and when he got to me i essentially told him the story from episode one of this podcast I just related to everybody that I was no different than them. I had some things that made me very different. But at the end of the day, we're all still the same people. We're all working towards the same mission. This is a meeting with 200 people in it too. So I was really out here preaching like I was really out here. And after he asked me how I did it, he looked for a minute and he goes, tell him what you did about a weekend to work in here. Now, Andy's memory was, Not as vivid about that day as mine was, but he actually made me tell the story about how I almost hit him with my car in front of this room full of all my coworkers, 200 some odd people deep. Everyone got a big laugh. It was awesome. And the reward that Andy actually promised whoever could beat him, we still got it, even though we didn't technically beat him. And he gave us more than what he promised. It's It's such an amazing memory to me because me who never played sports, me who is only competitive out of a sense of ego, sometimes more than anything else, my role model, my friend, my mentor, my employer picked me as one of the seven people out of 130 who noticeably gave absolutely everything I could, and he rewarded me for it. It showed me what I was capable of. And it showed me how far I could come from that moment. Not only as a guy who got really lean to win a challenge against Andy, not only as a guy who does 75 hard, typically once a year, but when I think about how far I had came since Summer Smash that year, and even more since that day that I did almost hit Andy with my car. Joke all you want, but it was a night and day difference to me. It was something that I was just so ungodly grateful for and so I actually called my parents and because they saw how much I had leaned out and like oh my god tell us what happened so I called them and told them I got fired in front of everyone and my mom goes what oh no why did this happen I'm like mom no sorry I I got a cash prize that that was that was the other job (laughs) and in which case she jumped for joy and it was really awesome it was an amazing moment um yeah it's it's hard to top that moment Honestly, as far as great moments go in the history of me working there, it is probably number one as far as my favorite. But moment number three is titled 300. About the time that I had gotten brought into the department, we hadn't been doing as many team workouts with COVID, with essentially us trying to do what we could just to kind of keep the peace with the outside world. We had kind of abandoned some of our team workouts. And when I see team workouts, they are character building workouts, as in they're brutal, they suck, they're hard. You are probably gonna puke. You're definitely gonna hurt. You might even cry, just don't quit. And this was all for some of the newer people in the department who had pretty much been there for six months or less. The idea was we were going to build teamwork and communication skills. So Jarrett Bond, JB, if you listen to this, I still hate you for this. I love you and I adore you, but I also hate you for this. Jared Bond had us pull out three rowers, three ski ergs, and three Echo Bikes. And if you know me at all, I fucking hate the Echo Bike. Echo Bike, if you're listening, fuck you. Fuck you right in the ear. I fucking hate you. And he described to us what the workout was going to be, and it was called 300. In a 30-minute time cap we had to complete 300 calories total on a team of four between these three pieces of equipment. And every two minutes, we would run the full distance of our basketball court, which is an NBA-length basketball court. Every two minutes, we would have to run there and back. Three people would be working. One person would be resting. Now, this is a CrossFit workout. I was a power lifter at the time. CrossFit and powerlifting... They don't mesh, especially when they're short distance running and I have big meaty legs from doing a lot of squats and deadlifts. And we're using all this equipment that I am completely foreign to. And I just took project one, which is our most powerful pre-workout with a shit ton of pump products. Guys, that was stupid, but I didn't know what to expect. I thought I would need some extra energy, even more dumb of me. This was like at five o'clock at night. So we start this workout. And just from the gate, guys, it is brutal. And if you've ever tried running after getting off of an echo bike, don't fucking do it. I don't care if it's the workout of the day. Don't fucking do it. It was absolutely disgusting. And my team, my team had one or two people that did CrossFit, one of which was Sam Funderberg, who I'll, mes- I'll mention here in a second. It was me, it was Sam, it was Brittany. It was a couple other dudes who... Don't even work at HQ anymore, but I still love you both. It was us. And so, not only that, but like it was the whole department that had been there under six months, but that was my team. Only one of the people on my team actually did CrossFit. So this was a struggle. This was a big struggle. And every two minutes, JB has this electric whistle and is the most god-awful sound in the world. It would chime. You'd run that distance, you'd run back, you'd push your teammate out of the way, you'd push your teammate into the way, and then you just start working. And I had an awesome team that really understood like, look, not only am I not good at this, but I'm really hurting here because I just took all those pump products. I just took all this caffeine. My mouth could not moisten for a fucking thing. It got so bad that I threw up in the middle of the workout and I thought it was going to cost us the workout. And Oh, if you lose a JB workout, you are rewarded with more work. Now, I didn't want this to happen. And so they were like, Well, Murph, what kind of what piece of equipment do you think you can work on and just keep rowing through just hard as hell? And I was like, Give me the rower. I hate the fucking assault bike. I didn't really know how to use the ski erg that well, which it's not that complicated, but I was using it for the first time. Fucking sue me. And so I start going hard on the rower. And then before you know it. We were the first team that actually hit 300 on all pieces of equipment. And then I threw up again. And then Jake Arbold got it on camera. And now it's a reel that we collaborated on. The other teams had to continue working even longer, which was horrible. But it was Sam looking me dead in my face. Saying, Murphy, with his Mississippi accent, Murphy, you better not quit on me. I don't fucking work with quitters. And I was just like, dude, get out of my face. I fucking hate you right now. I hate everything. It was Brittany looking at me saying, you're a power lifter. You've got strong legs. You could do this. I'm like, lady, I'm about to puke all over you. It was Jason, honestly, doing better than any of us. Jason, if you listen to this, bro, I I really hope you're doing good. Like, you, Silver Fox, you were the man who kept us together. And somehow we crossed that finish line first. All the other teams were still working. We took this group picture. And it was a before and after, which the before, we were all posing, looking really, really fake happy. And then when we all got to relax, everyone looked miserable. And actually, my friend Shane, Uh, His face in the first picture is super queasy, and (laughs) his face in the second picture is just conveniently caught in a trash can. Not intentional at all. One of the worst workouts of my life. But it was about this time, actually, I had been watching a lot of Navy SEAL training videos. And it's because when you study mental toughness, you think of all the most excruciating, disgusting, awful circumstances a person could put themselves into. And when you watch these Buds and Hell Week videos, there's this one, I think they call it Class 237. And there's this one phrase, and it really, really stood out to me. And it was, It pays to be a winner. The six most important words that can be in one phrase is, It pays to be a winner. And this didn't pay in terms of saying we didn't have to do more work, but it paid in terms of saying, we got to come together as a team. A lot of us who are not specialists in CrossFit or conditioning, we finished first. The whole department got closer that day. And I felt like I was a little bit more a part of something because I had finally undergone my first excruciating team workout, 300. Now, with all three of those stories, guys, i'm not telling you that you're going to have all those at your job your career your profession how you make a dollar i'm telling you to go out of your way to try to have memories like that far too often we think about what we're getting paid we think about what the requirements for a job are we don't really think about all the little details that really make it one story worth telling as opposed to another i will forever hold that first form is a is a business unlike Anything else out there. It's a workplace, unlike anything else out there. And what I want you all to understand is that just because I work there and probably you don't, you can still bring that kind of culture to your workplace, but you've got to be the one to go first. You've got to be the one to almost hit your boss with your car. You've got to be the one that challenges him in a fitness freaking transformation competition. You've got to be the one to tell the whole crowd that you almost hit your boss with a car. (laughs) And you've also got to be the one to just go out there and suffer with your team, not just because it's a team workout, but because when you think about those moments when shit really gets hard, who's by your side? Who can you relate to? Who can you talk to? And they can pull you out of the depths by saying, hey, motherfucker, quit tomorrow. We've been through worse shit than this. If you don't have a career or a profession like that, I implore you, invest those things in it because it's one of the best things I've ever done is come to first form. And I don't know what my career path has in store. I don't know what position I'll be in in a year from now. I don't know if it'll still be what I'm doing now, but I'm here now. I'm happy. I'm three years in. I still haven't gotten fired. And just here's for three cheers to three years, guys. Um, If you have listened towards this point of the podcast, if you've made it all the way through, if you listen to me drone and tell those stories, give me a review. Tag me on Instagram, share it to your story, share it with a friend, Friggin' leave me five stars on Spotify or leave me less stars if you didn't think it was that good. Regardless, guys, engage with the podcast. We're growing, I'm getting more listeners. We're almost up to a thousand plays, like almost a thousand downloads, guys. Like that's fucking awesome. And that's all because of you. So with that all in mind, thank you for listening. For those of you who have been with me since day one of these three years, I appreciate you. I love you. You are the coolest people out there. I hope you have a great day, a great weekend, and I'm out.